Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're going to wrap up our series, Ready, Set, Go. As we do that, I've got a question for you this morning. The question is this. What is one of your favorite sports? Don't be quiet now. I mean, it's Nebraska, so I, I know a lot of you love sports. Horseshoes. I was not expecting horseshoes. <laughs> I heard football from a couple of people. What else? Baseball, volleyball, softball, basketball, golf. Yeah, there's a lot of great sports. I mean, whether you simply like to watch the sports or like to play in the sports, maybe both, there's a lot of fun sports. One of my favorite sports, and I brought it here with me this morning. Do you know what this is? Dodgeball. I dare you to fall asleep. <laughs> At least it's not full of wrenches. Yeah, and these are nice dodgeballs. These are soft, so they don't hurt so bad. I didn't say they didn't hurt. They just don't hurt so bad. But you know, dodgeball is a lot of fun. You know, I, I enjoy it, especially in Poland. So here in about six weeks, we'll be in Poland, and we're going to play dodgeball. I actually play a game of dodgeball, a version called Prison Break. So in prison break, you know, if you get tagged, you get hit, you've got to go to the prison on the other side. And then those of your teammates try to get you out by lobbing the ball to get you out of prison. You know, whether the sport is dodgeball or whether it's golf or baseball or volleyball, a lot of sports have to do, you know, if you're going to play them well, it's about your posture. Does that sound right? Like, you know, in baseball, you don't go like this in baseball, do you? No, you've you got to get your rump kind of in the right spot and get out, and, and you got to, you know, get ready to hit the ball. Or like golf. You know, I learned a lot about how to play golf really well, and I don't play golf well at all. I play more divots than I do golf. But I learned to play golf better by playing golf on the Wii because I learned about really how to get that posture and kind of get that nice, gentle swing so that I hit the ball rather than try to dig a hole to China. <laughs> and dodgeball, you know, it's much the same. Dodgeball, you got to kind of have that posture. You got to be ready to, to move, you know, dodge, catch a ball. Or, you know, when we play prison break, I'm really good at lobbing the ball to my fellow teammates in prison. So it's like, you got to get there. And there's a position you have to get because if you're not paying attention and you're not in the right posture, it happens like this and down they go. But you talk about posture, you know, there, there are postures not only in sports, there are postures in our faith life and, and how we position ourselves to live out as followers of Jesus. And that's part of what we've been exploring here in this series, Ready, Set, Go. This morning, we're going to reflect on these words of Jesus from Luke chapter 24, especially on this verse 48. And let's read this together. You are witnesses of all these things. Now, let's put this into context here. Jesus has gathered his followers around him. He's at Mount Bethany, and, and he's gathered them there. And this is 40 days after his resurrection. So if you're following the church calendar, you know, Thursday was officially Ascension, Ascension Sunday, Ascension Day. And so today we're celebrating the ascension of Jesus. And boy, in this text, there are so many rabbit holes I could chase down and, and, and we could you know, chase after all kinds of fun 
theology teachings that we gather from this. But for this series, we're going to focus on this verse here and, and what this means for us. You are witnesses of all these things. But what is a witness? Witnesses testimony. A witness. I mean, how many of you ever, you know, witnessed something and had to go to court to witness something? How many of you ever stood by a friend or a sibling, you know, up like at the front of the church here, and you were the best man or the maid or matron of honor? Yeah, and you had to do what? You had a witness. You know, or sometimes you've got to go with someone, you know, and you need a witness. So you have this person who is certified with a little notary to be a what? A witness that, you know, you're actually the one that is signing this document. Yeah, a witness is someone that verifies an event, verifies something. And so when Jesus talks about this word witness, which, by the way, just a little rabbit hole here. The Greek word here for witness is where we actually get the word martyr from. So like someone that is martyred for their faith, you know, they are giving a witness with their own life. So the first witness, the martyr in the scriptures is in the book of Acts. That's Stephen who was, you know, killed to death by stoning, not dodgeballs, but stones. You are witnesses of all these things, Jesus says to them. Now, what are all these things that he's talking about? Well, remember that this is not only, you know, the, the 11 disciples, but this is probably many of the others that were that close group of followers of Jesus, the disciples, and, and some of the women like Mary Magdalene and Mary, you know, Jesus' mother, and others that had followed him. And you've witnessed all these things, not just in the last 40 days, not, you know, just his death, you know, and his resurrection, but everything that he has said and done. And this is Jesus who when he walked this earth, you know, he brought healing to people. He made the blind see, the deaf, deaf hear, the, the mute speak. He made those who were, who were lame and unable to walk to get up and take their mats and go home. And then he taught with such great power, you know, whether he was teaching in parables or directly, he was speaking about God's love for his people. God's love and acceptance for everyone. They had been with him for three years. They had witnessed so much about what he had said and what he had done. And especially, they were witnesses that this guy, Jesus, that is not just some rumor, you know, floating around on social media, that it is true. That he died and he rose again. That he is the one that was promised long ago through the prophets and many of the writings of what we call the Old Testament. That Jesus is the Savior, the Messiah. And that in his death and his resurrection, we are guaranteed that God loves us and he forgives us. You are witnesses of these things. Now, this is in the Gospel of Luke. We also find, you know, part of this conversation Jesus has in Matthew 28. This is where we call the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, you know. Luke also, if you didn't know this, Luke was a doctor, and so he was exploring, doing research, kind of think like of a reporter. And so he wrote the Gospel of Luke, as they call it, and then he picks up after this moment, right here at this moment, kind of like part two, and he writes the book of Acts. So the book of Acts also written by Luke. 
And in Luke, you know, includes some of the same words and some of the additional words he includes as he records this in Acts. Let's read this together. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. There's two slides here. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Then you will be my witnesses to testify about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, you will be my what? My witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And he says, you know, and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit will give you, you know, that power, will give you that certainty to witness. And you'll be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Saying, just like in Matthew, records a portion of that conversation, Jesus says, you know, go and make disciples. Better translated, as you go, wherever you are at, you are making disciples. Wherever you go, you are a witness to the love of God in your life. The love of God for all people. You are witnesses to the hope that you have. And that's the text we looked at last week. And we're going to take a look at that text again today as well. Let's read this together. 1 Peter 3, 15. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. But do this with gentleness and respect. See, Peter is really picking up on the same ideas here. You know, this is Peter, a number of years of being a witness to Jesus, of being one of the apostles and giving witness to the hope that he had. And he's writing to people like you and I, you know, except for they lived 2,000 years ago. And he says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be ready to witness to the hope you have in Jesus. So last week, you know, we talked about, you know, well, think about your story. What is your story? How can you look and say, this is where the gospel has really touched my life. This is where the hope that I have in Jesus is really was made real for me. Or even like the song that we sang, you know, just a short bit earlier, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, where I rested on his promise of his love, his forgiveness, his peace, and his presence. Where the reality of him dying for my sins and me, you know, and in our Bible study this morning, we went through Romans 7 where Paul's like, I keep doing the things I know I shouldn't do. I keep sinning, yet I know I'm already victorious in Jesus. He has forgiven me everything already. I am forgiven, even though I struggle with sin. Or dealing with the reality of death in our life and the life of someone we love and knowing that there is this hope even in the midst of grief. Always be ready to give an answer the hope that you have. And do this with what? Gentleness and respect. Now, what is gentleness and respect? Well, here's one way to, to look at gentleness. Gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness is strength under control. Think about it this way. You know, a father could take his small child and with all his strength could, in a sense, destroy that child. But a father who understands his strength, who has control of that strength, you know, he is that strength is under control. He doesn't use all of his strength as he picks up his child, you know, and, and holds that child in his arms. Gentleness and respect. Respect is neither condemning nor condoning. 
But it's respecting others as one of God's creation. It's respecting others as one for whom God has sent his only son to die for. That this is God loved the world. Yes, even for that person. God loves them. So much that he gave his son Jesus for them. You know, we talked earlier about, again, like, you know, sports. Make sure no one's falling asleep here. You're all awake. Darn. You know, again, sports is, is, is a lot of, it's about posture. You know, again, you know, whether it's a dodgeball, there's the right kind of posture, just like there is with baseball, of how you're going to throw that ball. You know, you're going to toss that underneath. You're going to get someone. Or you're going to catch that ball. So in the same way, as we talk about sharing the hope that we have about being witnesses, there is a posture that we have. And we've talked about this posture. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it, you know, a number of times over the last several years. And the reason I like these three words that begin with A, so before we put that up there, let's see if you guys remember what they are. Ask, admire, admit. Because I think they put us in the right posture to give a reason for the hope that we have, to be a witness to the hope we have in Jesus with gentleness and respect. In fact, using the pattern of ask, admire, and admit helps us posture ourselves to share the hope that we have with gentleness and respect. Again, you know, to ask someone. I mean, you could ask someone questions, but when we ask people questions, we do so with, with gentleness and respect. You know, we don't go with the full power that we might have because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We know and believe that the, 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 the truth we have is the truth, that there is sin, there is right, and there's wrong, and there's a God who loves us, and a God who stepped into this world in His Son, Jesus. And we want to share this hope that we have with gentleness. Not with the full strength and power we have, but to put that power under control. To have that conversation. Not going in and saying, I'm going to find a way that I can theologically trip you, but I'm going to show you what it says in the Bible. I mean, we do want to talk about that. We do so with gentleness and respect. Again, gentleness and respect, asking and, and admiring, you know, asking people questions so that we are building a relationship with them. So that we are, you know, setting ourselves up to posture a way that says, I see you as someone of value. Even if I don't agree with you, I see you as someone of value because God sees you as someone of value. Again, so much value has he placed in that person in our lives, whether we agree with them and the way they're living their lives, what they think about the world or God or politics or football. That God values them so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for them, just as he did for you and for me. Gentleness and respect. And then to, you know, ask to admire. To admire, you know, again, is, is we're not looking to tear them down. There's no buts in admire. And what I mean there's no buts in admire is, you know, while I can see that you are, you know, a very religious person. You follow the um, church of St. James. Um, but, let me tell you the truth. I mean, we do want to tell them the truth, but we do so again with gentleness and respect. We do that without condoning their behavior or their ideas, but also without condemning them. We're looking to create that posture that allows us to have a conversation with them, allows us to have the conversation to share the hope 
that we have in Jesus. And that's what admit means. Admit means we are looking for that opportunity to share our hope, to witness with all the people that we meet. I mean, sometimes we do that through our actions. Sometimes we do that through our words. Another reason I like this, you know, this way of posturing ourselves, as you think about being a witness, about sharing a hope, is that most of us are not wired like the Apostle Peter. You know, usually when we read Peter, he's bold and impetuous. There are some of us who are very much wired and gifted in a very unique way to be evangelists. The kind of person that can sit down next to somebody, and the next thing you know, that person believes in Jesus. You know, they just can cold turkey talk to anybody. Most of us do not cold turkey talk about those kind of things. We build relationships. We build trust with them and them with us. Most of us, you know, as you think about what it means to be a witness, does not mean you have to be a witness by packing your bags and going overseas, you know, and coming with us to Poland, unless you want to play dodgeball. Yes. By the way, in Poland, if you play dodgeball, I am not pastor. <laughs> there is no gentleness and respect in dodgeball. You know, be, you know, talking about being a witness and sharing the hope we have doesn't mean we have to pack our bags and be like Chelsea, you know, who is, well, right now she's over in, in Riga, um, but, you know, who does work in the Czech Republic and Poland and now in Latvia and other parts of Eurasia. That we can do that from where we are, where God has placed us. Because the mission field is where? It's right under our feet. See, as we talk about Holy Savior, we talk about being a people who are growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And growing in Jesus means, you know, we grow again in that knowledge and that belief that we are truly loved by him. And that he truly loves everyone. That he longs to be in a grace-filled relationship with them. And that he's empowered us by his spirit to be his witnesses. Maybe we're not the boldest witness. Sometimes we might fumble around. Sometimes we say things or do things we like that was not the best witness. But we live in the grace that he has for us in Jesus Christ. And we are called to share his love through our words and our actions. So this morning, as we gather here, you know, because you know, we're going to wrap this series up, we're going to have a commissioning service today. So we're going to have some words up here, and I'm going to invite you to you know, join me in this commissioning. We're going to commission those who are missionaries, those who are called to be witnesses of Jesus. So here we go. Those who are planning to primarily be with children this summer, please stand. Don't sit there. If you're going to be with your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, you're going to help out with vacation Bible school. You're going to come play volleyball or, you know, dodgeball with me in Poland. If you're not going to see your grandkids at all this summer, just stay seated. <laughs> I just saw some people sitting and I know they got grandkids. <laughs> if you're not going to be around any kids at all, you can stay seated. But if you're going to be around kids, grandkids, neighborhood kids, better get up. All right. Now we've got a few of you up. If you're at home watching live stream, get up off the couch, stand up. All right, let's do the next slide. As you go primarily to be with children this summer, this faith community is sending you to make a difference in the lives of people in our community and the world. Fellow servants, I thank God for you and your willingness to be humbly curious and ask, to build relational bridges and admire and to gently and respectfully admit the hope that you have in the resurrected Christ through your own story. Does this congregation, that means all of us here at home, you join us as well. 
Does this congregation, Holy Savior, commit to supporting this group with your prayers as they go? If so, say yes with God's help. You get a slide for that. Yes with God's help. All right. To those of us that are going to primarily be with children this summer, are you ready? Are you set? Yes, with God's help, as we go, we will ask, admire, admit the hope that we have in the resurrected Christ through our own stories. As we go, we do not go alone. We go with the promised presence of the Holy Spirit and the prayers and support of this faith community. Oh, be seated. You have to learn that in seminary. Please be seated. Please stand. Please be seated. Please stand. All right. Next group. Those of us planning to travel this summer, please stand. Some of you are like, I just sat down. So whether you're going to be like me, you're going to go to Czech Republic and Poland, you know. I'm going to go to California a little while this summer, Missouri a little bit later on this summer. I'm going to stand. If you're going to go nowhere at all, if you're just staying right at home, you're not traveling at all, because you can travel in Nebraska too. If you're going to travel, please stand. All right. As you go travel this summer, this faith community is sending you to make a difference in the lives of people in our community and the world. Fellow servants, I thank God for you and your willingness to be humbly curious and ask, to build relational bridges and admire, and to gently and respectfully admit the hope you have in the resurrected Christ through your own story. Does this congregation, Holy Savior, commit to supporting this group with your prayers as they go? If so, say, not yet, because you've got to scream for that. <laughs> yes, with God's help. Now you go, yes, with God's help. To those of us that are going, going to travel this summer, are you ready? Are you set? Yes. yes, with God's help, as we go, we will ask, admire, and admit the hope that we have in the resurrected Christ through our own stories. As we go, we do not go alone. We go with the promised presence of the Holy Spirit and the prayers and support of this faith community. You may be seated. All right, next group. To those of us planning to continue our everyday lives this summer, please stand. Now, there's a few of you sitting, so I'm assuming you're going to have something just wildly different, but you're not traveling and you're not working with kids. As you continue to go on your everyday lives this summer, this faith community is sending you to make a difference in the lives of people in our community and the world. Fellow servants, I thank God for you and your willingness to be humbly curious and ask, to build relational bridges and admire, and to gently and respectfully admit the hope you have in the resurrected Christ through your own story. Does this congregation, Holy Savior, commit to supporting this group with your prayers as they go? That means you're going to say this for all of yourselves. If so, answer, say yes with God's help. Yes, with God's help. To those of us that are going to continue our everyday lives this summer, are you ready? Are you set? Yes, with God's help, as we go, we will ask, admire, and admit the hope we have in the resurrected Christ through our own stories. As we go, we do not go alone. We go with the promise and presence of the Holy Spirit and the prayers and support of this faith community. You may be seated.
more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.